Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And And you're you're about about to to Get get jumped. Jumped. Welcome to episode 77 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Hunter x Hunter 72 through 75, where little girls turn into bodybuilders, winning a fight costs an arm and a leg, and rules are literally meant to be broken. Yeah, because if you were wondering to yourself, um, what is the most important thing to remember out of that three string of things that Blake mentioned, it is obviously that rules are meant to be broken. Um, there's actually a rule about rules be- needing to be broken, um, but that rule in itself needs to be broken, which makes you think, do all rules need to be broken? Blake, let's purge. Let's start a purge. Let's jump in. Well, it just makes me think about, like, you know in Star Wars when... I think it's like Obi-Wan Kenobi is like, only a Sith deals in absolutes. And I'm like, bruh, did you hear what you just said? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> hey, everybody. Um, in case you were wondering, we're going to start an anime podcast off with a, a little bit of Star Wars trivia. Yeah, that was um, prequel anyways. trivia, too, so you know it's good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, things that have happened uh, since our last episode. Um, I went to a cool little con uh, na- called Miyako Con, um, which is down in Salem, Oregon. Uh, so, if you happen to be one of those random people uh, that showed up, uh, there weren't like a ton of people inside of the room, but we had a nice chat. Um, and I answered some questions about like basic podcasting um, and what you could do. Um, to to work on your show and how to get started. Um, so I hope that certainly helps. Uh, the other really big news, which I, I already talked about on Twitter, um, but this one is legit, like, the biggest news that's happened to us so far, is that uh, we got press passes for Anime Central in Chicago. Yeah. Which is fucking it took, dope. It took a few weeks for it to process. We knew that Spencer had a press pass, but we didn't know if I was going to have one. And, you know, so mm-hmm. anyway, now we know that's coming up in late May, isn't it? Or mid May? Yeah, like mid May. And so we are going to do another con. We don't yet know who all is going to be there and who we're going to get to interview and stuff like that. But uh, we're hoping yeah. to bring you a lot more cool coverage like we did for KumoriCon. I'm yeah. really excited. This is also back in Chicago where we both used to live. So we're going to go get to visit our old stomping grounds, which is nice. And yeah, yeah it's going to be great. If you're planning on being at Anime Central, you know what you should do. If you listen to our show, come find us and we will give you some free swag. We will have swag uh, that we're going to have on ourselves. Um, We're going to keep on talking about this until the convention actually comes up. Um, But feel free to reach out to us and uh, be a part of it. Um, You you won't be the very first person to ever get swag um, because that honor is going to be held by um, uh, our our secret ninja detective, Ben Diamond, um, who is uh, uh, our our first Patreon supporter and uh, one and of our totally first commenters as well. totally not a secret agent. As yeah, you can he's tell not a secret name. agent. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, the, uh, yeah it, this is really exciting. I'm pumped to go. Yeah, me too. Um, and the other uh, really big thing that happened um, that we are going to be a part of this week, which is exciting, is that right after we record this episode, so it's actually going to be coming out before this episode comes out, so like, it's be confusing. prepared for that. I'm confused. Um, don't be confused. I'm uh, confused. We are going to be uh, doing a, a video <laughs> podcast episode with uh, the r slash anime podcast. Um, they're really cool and we're going to be talking about promise neverland. So if you, um, don't know what that show is about, it's full of spoilers. This, so uh, this episode that we're going to go over, which is never what happens in our podcast. Yeah, um, but, but you should, the difference is that this is going to be episode eight and they're covering it episode by episode. And it's also, it's like death note. It's very much like a, a revelation, a minute kind of show. So yeah. yeah, if you want to go in pretty blind, like the the premise is kids in an orphanage find out that there is maybe something fucked up about the orphanage. That's basically all you need to know without major spoilers. I mean, that's that's the premise. 
So if yeah. that sounds intriguing to you, there's a lot more to it. And it's obviously an anime manga, so it has that Japanese sensibility to it. It's very good so far, as far as I'm concerned, having watched the first eight episodes. It's yeah, it's and- a show that I've heard about, or it's a, a manga series that I've heard about and I've been meaning to pick up. And I don't know that I realized that the show was out yet. And then I, you know, hadn't picked it up. And so it was kind of serendipitous that this came along. And now I'm fucking hooked, but I'm all caught up on the episodes I don't have to do with myself. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tragedy incarnate. Fully. Um, the other, the other thing uh, that happened, and I am incredibly surprised that I didn't uh, get my text message chain blown up yesterday about it, was that uh, there might have been some game news. There was big game news, y'all. The uh, game of the year 2019, I'm calling it. It's Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield. These were announced yesterday. As we record this, it will have been almost a whole week by the time you hear it. So if you happen not to have heard about it yet, it has been announced. Um, We knew that these games were coming. We just didn't know any of the details about them, except that they would be on the Switch. Um, so specifically, if you guys are familiar with Pokemon through the years, there's the main series of games and they have some spin-off games and stuff like that. But the main series is the one that always comes out with two different versions and it has, you know, you journey through a region and it introduces new Pokemon and that is the one where you like catch Pokemon and you battle the gyms except in Gen 7 and you... Um, you do all the sort of like basic Pokemon stuff. It's what the anime and the manga are based on. Um, and then spin-off games will take different concepts or take Pokemon and put them into other concepts. But the main series games is you that's know, the bread and butter. And it's the one that hasn't really changed so much as like slightly improved over the years. But it's because the formula works. And um, so they kind of played with the formula a little bit on the Switch in November when they released Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. And those... Some people would be forgiven for thinking that those were a part of the main series of games. Those are really kind of like a if the main series and the spin-off series had a baby. Because they they are sort of like a soft remake of the main series games from Gen 1. And but they they're not exact. They use Pokemon Go mechanics, so the wild Pokemon encounters are completely different. Catching Pokemon's totally different. The stats are changed. Um, not all of the moves are available and stuff like that. So um, it's it's kind of like a stripped down version of the main series of games. Um, but yeah. along the, with that, we the, knew that a main series was coming this year, and so Sword and Shield is that. Yeah, the trailer looks super fucking tight too. It's awesome. Um, the starters are great. Like it's it looks fire. The other thing that is coming up as well, um, if uh, you pay attention to other video game news, that I is also anime news, um, is uh, the the rights for Monster Rancher have just been acquired. What? Um, so, oh yeah. So if you remember that show or that game when you were a kid, I and remember the show to, fondly, even though it's not great. <laughs> you used to pick up like CDs so that you could like read your CD into your computer and maybe I, get a uh, monster. I always <laughs> wanted to do this because I had a big CD collection and I just didn't have the console for Monster Rancher. But I like would yeah. see it, you know, you're like go to Toys R Us and I'd be like, oh, I want this. That's so cool. You could put it in your CDs and you get stuff in the game. Yeah, you just like ruin your PS2 is actually what happens to it. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I straight up was like, I, I opened the disk drive before it was supposed to be opened one time uh, when cool. I was doing. Yeah, and it, it like froze the game, and then I was like, ah, and then I like put in a CD, and I was like, maybe it'll work, and then it wouldn't read the CD, and then the thing wouldn't open, and then I had to like go get my dad, and he brought oh out like God. a uh, like a flathead screwdriver to like force open the PS2 door. <laughs> Oh my god, that's a, that is a series of unfortunate events right there. Oh yeah, and like the worst thing about it is like uh, I didn't figure out how to mute the TV before it happened, so it was just like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so game news, uh, some exciting stuff. Uh, I'm definitely going to be talking about Pokemon Sword and Shield a lot because I am a big Pokemon fan. I'm with my fiance because of Pokemon. It's important to me, and I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, um, a game that I don't know that we've mentioned, certainly not recently, that actually just came out and is super relevant to our needs, is Jump Force. Uh, it's on 
PS4, Xbox One. I don't know if it's on Switch or not. Um, but yeah. it is. It has like 35 playable characters or something across various Shonen titles. Um, it includes... It's been really... It's been really, really badly panned by a lot of people I know, though. Really, I watched. Uh, I haven't watched many um, reviews on it, but I looked at the. I I want to say IGN review, and they were like, basically, it's not very deep. So if you're like into like Street Fighter or those fighting games that are all about like having extreme nuance and really learning the combos and stuff like that, it's not going to satisfy you. But if you're looking for like a fast-paced and enjoyable action game, like it sounds to me like it's similar to the um, Ultimate Ninja Storm games for Naruto, which I love. And I'm yeah. not a fighting game player, but I like anime fighting games if they're if they feel good. I think the Naruto ones feel really good because then you yeah. feel like you get to do cool anime shit and enjoy your characters. So I like I like a fighting game with a deep roster. And cool anime powers. And this one has that. And it's got characters from Naruto. It's got characters from Hunter x Hunter. Um, it's got, I think, at least one other show we've covered. Um, it's got Dragon Ball, One Piece, Bleach. Um, it's got Yugi from Yu-Gi-Oh! It has a lot of recognizable characters. And it's got some like some newer characters. It's got Deku from uh, My Hero Academia. Um, it's also got some older characters like the, I don't know the guy's name, but the dude who's the star of Fist of the North Star, which is one of the like foundational shonen series. Is it bad that I literally can't hear Yugi without thinking Yu-Gi-Ho? Yu-Gi-Ho! <laughs> this was our, I guess this was an inside joke with us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. Welcome to our inside joke. It's like we're married now. Oh, I, I'm married <laughs> to you now. I go with you. <laughs> Anyways, um, we are covering this week uh, back to Hunter x Hunter, so we should probably get started with that. Um, These episodes um, are very, very, very good. Um, I would recommend out of all of the Greed Island arc to watch all of the Greed Island arc. Um, Yeah, that's true. It's the best arc. I would not skip a single episode of the Great Island arc. Yeah, Um, even the episodes that are uh, that are like you know the training episodes They're are good. still fucking fantastic it yeah. actually start our, our coverage this week is going to start with a training episode that is literally one of the best training episodes i've ever seen of a show and i was fixated on it the whole time like yeah you know sometimes are... you can you can go in and out of paying attention to shows just because it's just like i don't know if i'm like completely in it right now uh, maybe i'll like look over here at like my phone at the same time yeah. but this one was entrancing it's just, this show is so good um, in general. Obviously, I have gripes. I've mentioned them. I, I want to talk about some of my gripes um, at the end of this episode because we're leading into an arc that I have a lot of gripes with. <laughs> but, uh, like, yeah, this show is overall really, really great. And what's great about the Greed Island arc is that one of my big gripes about Hunter x Hunter is that it writes checks that it does not cash. And by which I mean it will build up a confrontation that then does not materialize or is resolved by talking or something like that. And it's like, I, I like anime, but I particularly like shonen anime. And one of the things I like about it is big smashy battles with really cool powers being used in interesting ways. Hunter x Hunter has really cool powers. They are used in interesting ways and it has very few battles because a lot of the conflict is solved in other ways. And that is maybe more realistic um, and it's certainly interesting as a way to separate the series out from just any other shonen series. But it is a bit of a disappointment when you have cool characters with cool powers being built up into a conflict that then is averted. Um, Greed Island does yeah. not avert any conflict. It is great. It has nope. awesome battles. They are super good. They don't last that long, so you can take bite-sized chunks of them and enjoy it and then move on with your life. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just excellent. It's it's everything you want Hunter x Hunter to be that it often subverts, but it's just leaning into it, and that's why it's my favorite. Um, yeah. All right. What's what's with that been being happening? said? Let's go ahead and uh, talk about previously on Hunter x Hunter. Yeah. So in general, Hunter x Hunter, it's kind of a uh, semi semi modern, semi wild world. Uh, it's a really large world, and. Um, it's populated by all kinds of people, but those people sometimes include hunters, which is a special 
designation that you can earn by taking a very challenging and, in fact, life-threatening test to get your hunter's license. You can then specialize to become like a relic hunter who's like a action archaeologist or a gourmet hunter. Who action looks for archaeologist. Like, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't know anything <laughs> about that. We wouldn't do anything like that in America back a couple of decades ago. But um, the hunters, you could do like a gourmet hunter. That's somebody who tries to like, that's that's Toriko. And so they, you can do different specialties. Um, right now, uh, we have our main characters who are not specialized. They've become hunters relatively recently as far as the series is concerned. And they are kind of just on a quest that doesn't really match with a specialization. The specialization is not important. It's just a facet of it. Um, they're on this place called Greed Island, which is a, sort of a video game, but it's actually in the real world. But it's... There's a there's like a magic system as there are in a lot of anime. The one in this is called Nen, and it can do kind of whatever you want it to do. And in this instance, it has basically uh, set this island apart from the rest of the world, so you can't get to the island easily. And if you get to it, you can be sent away if you don't arrive in the right way, which is to arrive through the game. And while you're on the island, there's a special set of rules that run as though you're in a video game, even though you're technically in the real world. It's called Greed Island. It was made by our hero's father, who is an absentee father, who he is in search of. Um, basically, his dad is really powerful, and he's a hunter, and he went to go be a hunter instead of to be a dad. And our protagonist wants to find him to figure out why. And our protagonist's name is Gone. He's like 12 or so. He's really energetic. He's the best kid ever. And um, he's kind of stubborn, which we'll see come out in these episodes. He's besties with Killua, who is about his age and grew up trained as an assassin but has chilled out a lot by meeting gone because now he has a friend instead of just being sent to murder people they have met up with a woman named biscuit she looks like she's around their age but she's actually 50 uh but she's one of those female characters in anime who's nervous about their age and so masks it by looking much younger see Tsunade in naruto uh she's the same thing she's also a master of nen and she is helping them get way the fuck stronger um they have met up with this character named Sesgera, who we're going to hear a lot about. Sesgera has a couple of uh, people on his team. They are not their names aren't spoken in this, except for one that I didn't write down. But you don't really need to know. But it's Sesgera and his group. They're all kind of working as one, so we're just going to refer to them as him or Sesgera's team. Um, they are cooperating with Gon, Killua, and Biscuit to get all of the cards in the game, which is the win condition. Nobody's ever won it before, but a couple of people are really close. And they are also collaborating to try and, um, specifically right now, keep away the villains of the arc, which is a guy named Genthru and his two brothers, I think. They are collectively the bomber. They each have abilities that can set bombs on people or explode um, energy onto people. And they have been murdering people fairly indiscriminately to get cards and get ahead in the game. They are kind of after Gon Killua, Biscuit, and Sesgera's team because they just got a card that's really hard to get. And sometimes the easiest way to get a card is to steal it from somebody who already has it. And so they're trying to do that. Sesgera seems like the stronger character and the bigger threat, so they're after him um, when Gon, Killua, and Biscuit are actually the bigger threat, but they are basically being given time to train, and that's where we're going to pick up today. God, that was so much. I got lost during that. I'm just going to be quiet. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and uh, jump in with uh, Chase X and X Chance. Uh, this is episode 72, and it has three parts. Um, it's pretty it's pretty fun to watch, so I'd recommend if you're going to pick up this episode. This is the one I talked about a little bit earlier that's a training episode. It has other stuff that happens inside of it, um, but the, it's, the biggest part of its plot is... Um, uh, going to be focused on Gone Biscuit and Killua. Um, and that is, uh, Gone is trying to learn how to use his ability, um, that I think he's referring to as, uh, as paper. Um, or he will scissors. refer to it. I don't think he calls it that yet. We've I already think it's seen paper he's, he's talking he, that he's trying to figure out, though. It is, which yeah. Which is his transmitter technique. Um, which An is emitter where technique. He's gonna, I think emitter, transmitter yeah. is another thing, but I'm, I could be more sure. Yeah. Um, so it's enhancer transmitter emitter. Um, yeah, so, uh, he doesn't actually end up using this in the fight now that I think about it. 
Yeah, he just can't really use it. Um, he's he tries his best, which is really interesting to watch because he's he's going to spend the entire episode uh, trying to use this ability to train, uh, which uh, Biscuit is going to talk about. Usually takes five years to master. Um, it's the ability to push your nen out through a body body part, so focusing it on the pores on the end of your fingertips, shooting it out your nen at the same time to create like an air blast or a nen blast. So he's going to train to do this by going up on one hand on a handstand, focusing all his nind into the ground and pushing himself up into the air. Biscuit shows that she can do this and she can relatively easily push herself up into the air a couple of feet. Um, So she's like, gone, you need to train until you can go this high. The entire episode, gone is going to try to do it for for 20 or 30 days. He does this. Um, and uh, it's he about is, three weeks based on the time that yeah. says Gara's team is trying to give them. Oh, so like 21 days. Yeah. So something like, like that. he, he, he's trying to like push himself up and he can barely get a couple of inches off the ground. Um, and it's, he's not going to be able to this entire time, but it is very, very good to watch and fun to watch, even though it sounds like it's pretty boring. Um, they have this also this pretty funny cutaway that's going to happen with biscuit where biscuit's going to explain what her nin ability is which is that it's just like this woman that she can conjure to give herself like uh like back rubs and like shiatsu massages and yeah. also she can like make uh, like age serum to make her look younger <laughs> just like that's the most <laughs> selfish fucking thing it's ridiculous, and it's, like, n- completely non-combative, and yeah. it, it's... There, she can do something else, we'll find out in a little bit, but it just seems like, what the fuck? This woman is completely useless. <laughs> like, how did this happen? <laughs> um, so, while they're training, and this... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna agree with Spencer. This show is, like, a masterclass in how to do training sequences, because mm. the training sequence is such a common thing in shonen anime, where the character needs to go, they need to learn a new technique, and we we've got to learn all about it and we just went through this with naruto and i I hate to bring up naruto because it's been really good lately (laughs) but Mm -hmm. this naruto is one of the worst training offenders and it's just like what what hunter x hunter and naruto do similarly is they will introduce a new concept and they will explain to you how that concept works how the character is going to train it and how at least vaguely, how they're going to apply it. And that kind of gets you excited for what's to come, and then you watch them train it. In Hunter x Hunter, they spend that training time discussing strategy around what they're training for, or um, talking about like determination, or mentally working their way through the training so that they can get over like a mental block and figure out how to do it properly. And it's really interesting character development or plot advancement. And in things like Naruto or like most other shonen series that I've seen with training sections, it's just like watching them train. Like they explain it and then you just have to wait while they practice it. And it's like, it's not it like basically it halts the story. And like Naruto did this where it was like, you know, he was training to learn the Rasengan and he had to learn how to do the water balloon thing. And it's like, there were several steps in the water balloon training that were important, but each one was given like one to several minutes of screen time when it was really just a quick step. And Hunter X Hunter does not dawdle. It gives you just as much training as you need. It fills it out with character development instead of dead space. And then it moves on. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, so speaking of moving on, uh, Sazgera's team is being hunted by Genthru's team, sort of, in that Genthru's team is preparing to hunt them. Sazgera has a trick up his sleeve, which is they are partnered up with somebody who is not part of their team, and so Genthru presumably doesn't know about this. And that guy is helping them get resources so that they can prepare for when Genthru tries to attack them. Because their goal is to give Gon and Killua as much time as possible to prepare to fight Genthru. Because they know that Genthru will come for them once they are done with Sezgera and his team. And they know that Genth- that Gon and Killua are stronger than they are. And so they don't have a chance of beating Genthru, but Gon and Killua might. So they are basically falling on the sword trying to trying to stop these guys. 
And they there's this car there's a couple of cards that allow you to sort of warp from one location to another. So they stockpile those. Genthru and his team also stockpile them in anticipation of a sort of cat and mouse game where they'll try to warp away and then Genthru and his team will try to warp with them so that they can stay together and sort of force says Gara's team to run I sort out of, of these love resources. This part. It's great. It's <laughs> it's like it it should be boring. I remember watching it and I was like, all they're doing is like running through cards that do the same thing over and over again. And they're not actually like conflicting, but it's like, it feels like such, it feels like a, uh, a predator circling its prey and it, it's yeah. tension building and it's interesting and it's great. So they finally run out of resources in the game. And then the, their last play is to exit the game. And, then there's a really weird moment. Did you catch this, Spencer? I think there is a major continuity error at the end of this episode. Yeah. So, so at the end of this episode, Genthru has also exited the game and has killed the security guard around where they exited and is going to face off against them and prepare to fight them. And in the next episode, 10 days has passed and he's waiting around in the game with his teammates and does not in any way indicate that he went and battled with them and that anything had happened. And in fact, it kind of clearly suggests that he didn't. So I don't know what happened here. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit confusing. Other yeah. than you just have to kind of assume that maybe they're dead. Um, but whatever. Um, the other thing that's going to happen... They're not, though. So, they're explicitly be, stated to be alive later. It's just confusing. Um, the, the last thing that's going to happen uh, in this is actually the first thing that happens really in the episode, uh, which is just going to be that uh, the, uh, the spiders are also in the game. Um, they are looking for somebody to break the Nin curse that has been put onto their leader, Krolo. Um, and there is a fantastic part at the very start of the game, um, or the episode where they talk about, um, their newest member who kind of looks like she might be an assassin from the family of assassins that we've met so far. Um, and she, in fact, I think we've seen her with that family before. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, we are going to uh, see this newest member of the Spiders. Um, We are also going to learn that um, Hisoka um, is not only very good at being able to pick up on where people are, he was also able to figure out that there was somebody that was watching him without using any of his Nin abilities. And he talks about how, like, I just got out of a really good fight, everything in me is heightened. And then there's this awesome back and forth um, between one of the spiders and Hisoka, where Hisoka's like, what are you going to do if I, uh, if I win and beat Krolo and uh, kill Krolo? And she's like, not only is that never going to happen, but even if it did happen, I would hunt you down and kill you myself. I think she says we would all hunt you down. Like the entire trip would be out for your blood forever. I fucking love that moment. No, um, she anyways, said the best part is she says that and he goes, that sounds awesome. <laughs> anyways um that basically ends uh the coverage of the first episode we're going to go into episode 73 insanity x and x sanity um so this is um this is going to be cutting to um a couple of days after uh how does he pronounce it cesgara cesgara's team has fled oh look Um, i misspelled it there that's great that's helpful (laughs) They haven't. They haven't uh, been. They once you leave the game for a certain amount of time, you forfeit your cards, and the cards become they they go back into the card pool. Um, so you can buy these at different stores, or you can find them in the game inside of the same events uh, that you originally were able to find them in. Um, so it, it works kind of like a video game does, except for it's this weird real life Nin video game. Yeah. Um, so so uh, we, we weren't completely clear about this earlier, but there's like a hundred specific cards that you have to find. And each card has a quantity limitation on how many p- people can have that as a card at any one time. And so the reversion thing is basically so that people can't leave the game and have like a monopoly on a certain card and prevent other players from winning the game. So basically, Sesgar's cards are about to revert and they will then become available, which is like you have to go get them again, but they're not prevented from being gotten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it's going to turn out uh, that because they have been they have left the game for um, a while and they have uh, forfeited these cards, 
Um, they are going to start, uh, the bomber is going to start, which is three people are going to start hunting Gon, Killua and, uh, Biscuit. Um, they are pretending that they're going to be running away for a little while, um, which is really just a ploy to get the, uh, the bomber group to split up. Um, yeah, the bombers do the not two- know that these characters are powerful, and so mm-hmm. they are playing into that by pretending that they are attempting to sincerely flee instead of what they're actually doing, which is trying to get them separated so that they can fight them one-on-one. Yeah. Um, we're going to break these into like the, the first, second, and third fight of importance. Um, so the first one, it I, I don't think it happens in this chronologically the same way, because I think the Killua fight is first and then Biscuit. It's then not. Gone. Biscuit's first. Okay, good. So it is in the correct amount of importance. You've done a good job, anime makers. Um, so uh, <laughs> Thank you for Biscuit... consulting us in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh, Biscuit is going to take out her bomber really handily. It is not even close. Um, she She's going to um, reveal her ability um, inside of this section. Um, can you go over that real quick, Blake? Yeah, her ability, we had the massage thing earlier that she can summon. This is either her true ability or her additional other ability or whatever. But basically her, like, true form is this, like, hulked out, muscly, like, it looks like a super weightlifter anime guy, but it's her. So it's, like, her head on this, like, giant dude's body. And I mean, it's a it's a, a woman's body, but like beefy. Like if you've seen Fairy Tale, it's like the the um, maid at the beginning of Fairy Tale. And um, so she is like the Hulk essentially, and beats the shit out of him so fast. And he's like, "What? What are you?" And she's like, "Well, this is my true form, but I, I'm embarrassed by it, so I always look like the other way." And that's <laughs> you know, yeah. You use your beauty so- products. <laughs> So, um, the next fight that is going to happen in, uh, in range of importance, um, and in time, I guess, um, is going to be the fight between Killua and his mad bomber. Um, Killua is going to show us our first look at his badass technique, which is going to continue to get more and more badass every single time that he uses it. And if you really are like, oh, I don't know if it's ever going to get cooler than this one, be prepared because the next time he fights, it's going to be better because it's always better yeah like, that's fucking, one of when we get to godspeed oh my god when we get to godspeed anyways um <laughs> so just kill so and biscuit both use this like, company card which transports you and anyone within 20 meters of you to another location that you specify when you use the card so they use this to like separate themselves from the rest of the from the other combatants like by a large distance so they are they are isolated and Killua goes to like it looks like a playground or something like that and then starts fighting and the the other guy it's not it's not as much of a curb stomp battle as biscuits fight was like she only takes one hit and she admits that that hit was intentional Killua takes a few hits which are also intentional kind of but uh it's He's not, like, as completely in charge the whole time as Biscuit was. Or at least it doesn't look like it. Um, so you want to talk about his ability, Spencer? Oh, uh, are you talking about Killua's ability? Yeah. Yeah, so Killua's ability is dope. Um, uh, it is a, uh amazing, amazing attack where he uses yo-yos. Um, that he, he puts electricity around, um, and then, like, spins them around his body to hit things. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. They also, Um, they basically have, like, super strong, like, metal wire that's holding them that's, like, unbreakable, and they weigh a lot. Like, these are super heavy yo-yos, so if you get hit by them, you're gonna be very hurt. Yeah. Um, hold on a second, man. Hey, everybody. Um, sorry for that, uh, weird little interlude in between. Um, I had to leave unexpectedly, uh, from our recording yesterday when we had started it. Um, in that time, uh, we have, uh, done another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this has been weird. 
yeah, this. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I didn't even think about that. This episode is being recorded on either side of that show. And that show actually <laughs> was live, so it's already played before you hear either part of this show. Yeah, for real. Um, but where we where we dropped off is where we're going to jump back in. Um, yeah, it's going to be right it, with... Uh, it was yesterday, so if we repeat ourselves, you know, forgive us. <laughs> <laughs> so what we were talking about when we uh, when we walked away was Killua's powers um, and his fight with his bomber that he was uh, dealing with. Um, so the the thing that I wanted to go over, especially with Killua, is that his... His powers, his power set, are all built around electricity. Um, and Just like that my is, favorite uh, thing to build a power set around, by the way. Yeah, um, Blake's spirit animal is some sort of electric type Pokemon. Um, so, um, I'm assuming a Jolteon. I do like um, Jolteon a lot. It's kind of frail, but I, I like it. It's a cool design. Yeah. So, um, what, what he is able to do with his powers is surround his body with electricity and then extert, uh, ex- like send that electricity out along, um, some piece that, uh, yeah. some piece of something that he's, he's, he's connected to. I can't remember um, if he's, I know that Gon's an enhancer and he's training an emitter and I can't remember if Killa was an emitter or if he's like something else, but he, it, maybe it's like a transmuter or something. He's like turning his energy into electricity whereas like gone is just using energy and and the reason why he can do this we we had mentioned before when he was first training and used electricity um the very first time um he talked about it it was because he he is trained as an assassin his entire life and part of that training is being able to withstand uh a very large amount of torture and if you've ever seen any mob movie uh one of the things they do to torture you is they uh they probably attached uh well, in mob movies, it's usually to your nuts, uh, but it, it, they probably attach different electrodes to his body and shock the shit out you of him. You could do the nipples, too. That's life. a good option. <laughs> that's what we, Anyways. you know, at the local mob, that's what we do. We're, we're nipple people here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, the last fight, uh, well... Killua is going to start his fight with his his mad bomber. Um, he is going to take a couple of hits, and then he is going to expose um, a a weak point, and I'm putting that in quotes um, of his attack style. Um, it is actually to get the bomber that he is fighting with to see that weak point that he is he showed to him, so that he will know where his attack is coming and when it is coming, and when he falls into this elaborately built trap. Uh, Killua was able to take him down pretty handily. Yeah, he he specifically fights in a way to make it look as though he favors one side and leaves the other open so that that guy will attack that side. And interestingly enough, he lets him attack that side. Uh, I am sure that Killua uses his Nen to protect his physical body from being hurt by this attack, but he does get struck in his, in this blind spot that he's left for himself. But he does it so that he can attack that guy's blind spot and basically ensure that that person is focusing in a specific direction so that he can send his yo-yo streaking around to hit him in the back of the head without him being able to know or react to it. And that is what defeats him. And then the, the guy is like conscious after he's defeated and he's like, you did all of this stuff. You, you know, you used a company to take us away from your friends um, you, you know, set up this blind spot thing and he names something else. And he's like, you, that's amazing. You set three different traps for me. And Killa was just like, ah, everything I did was a trap. <laughs> this is so baller. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of like really late in Naruto. Um, if you haven't watched Shippuden yet, uh, don't pay attention for the next like 15 seconds. Skip well, ahead. If you don't want to be spoiled. Um, but it, it it reminds me it reminds me of like Shikamaru like taking down uh the that fucker from Akatsuki. Uh, to, to be um, fair, that's how Shikamaru fights always. So that also would count for the fight that we've covered of Shikamaru's already in the Chunin exam. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I mean like specifically when he just puts him in a fucking hole. <laughs> I know. Bye. Speaking of putting people yeah. in holes, Genthru is the last fight between Genthru and Gon. Um, basically the other two have been resolved quickly and efficiently, and now we're getting to the main event, and that's also going to yeah. go to episode 74. 
74 is named uh, Victor X and X Loser. Um, with that being said, at the very start of this, uh, you're going to be listening to this episode, or the episode that we were a um, a guest on, hopefully. Um, and you will notice in that episode, they said Hunter Hunter, and so I was like, I said Hunter Hunter. I did so that they wouldn't, So they wouldn't be offended. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I'm in their house, we're going to pronounce the name of the show their way. And like, okay... To get off on this tangent, I understand why people say that. I have heard it said that way on Toonami here in America. Uh, and I I understand that there's like X's in between the words in universe and they are silent and therefore the X in the title is arguably silent. Like there are a lot of good reasons for it to be that way. But we've doubled down on the X, you guys. <laughs> At this point, it doesn't matter if I think that Hunter Hunter is a more acceptable version. I have to say the X. <laughs> yeah, eventually, eventually, we're going to uh, turn all of our different names into something that has an X inside of it, like all of the X Men books, you, like uh, X Factor and Excalibur and like X Force. <laughs> sometimes when we're talking, Spencer, you will say Hunter Hunter to me, and I feel very attacked in those moments. <laughs> So anyway, anyway, also the episode we did with these people is the R anime podcast. It's R slash anime. And we talked about Promised Neverland, uh, the anime. So mm-hmm. check it out if you're interested. Anyway, episode 74 of Hunter X Hunter. Yeah. So um, we are going to jump into the fight uh, between Gone and Ginthru. If you um, are one of the one of the people that uh, has listened to our show, and a couple of people have mentioned this as well, um, is they they like to get a warning before they should go and watch the fight first. This is one of those times, absolutely, um, and so it's just gonna, this episode. Gonna... That there's like a minute of like build up in episode seventy three, and you'll get the idea in episode seventy four. Yeah, so we will we will eventually start putting out um, our our tagalongs, which like explain um, what is happening inside of the show with a little bit of a synopsis by us. Um, this is someday be one we'll of do things. Where, uh, <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, uh, but this is one of those where if you are really really interested in watching the fights first before hearing them explain, you should go. Um, and yeah. you should definitely watch this episode. Also, um, thanks for letting us know theme, that because I did not know that about you. Yeah. Um, so with that being said, um, the fight is going to start and we are going to learn very quickly that Gon is outclassed. Yeah, but not, it's not curb stomp outclassed. Like he is able to hold his own, but he's Mm. definitely going to lose unless he's very aggressive and a little lucky. And that's basically his Mm. tactic at the beginning is to launch attacks in such continual quick succession that Genthru doesn't have time to launch counterattacks. And that goes on for uh, just a minute before it falls apart. (laughs) Yeah, I also, um, I had forgotten how much he used, uh, so the Mad Bomber, we mentioned before one of his abilities is like Little Rose or Little something. Little Flower. Uh, I can't remember the name. Little Flower. Um, But his ability... Remember Little Flower? If you're watching... If you're watching My Hero Academia, uh, think about like Byakugo. Um, uh, the way yeah, that he uses it's similar. his like explosive hands. Um, it's it's a lot like that uh, to the point where I was like, I wonder if that was inspired by this. Um, but like maybe not. I'm not a hundred percent sure. But I anyways, actually, if I had to going- guess, I would say no. Yeah, he's going to use that attack almost exclusively in the fight with Gon, mostly because Gon is moving so quickly throughout this fight that it is going to be very difficult for him to use his other ability where he has to explain, touch, name the bomb, get a countdown, and then explode it. Yeah, um, so he's basically forced into this, but he he doesn't start the fight using it, but Gon is like, I'm going to make you use your ability against me. And he's like, no, you're not worth it. And then Gon is basically a a combination of skilled enough and absolutely tenacious enough to force it out of him. And it actually reminded me of the end of the Hunter exam when, um, if you'll remember, uh, you guys that have, are listening, if you were with us then, or if you've watched the show, you might remember that Gon was in the final like one-on-one tournament 
finale of the hunter exam and the the basically the goal was to get your opponent to give up but if you killed them you were disqualified and his opponent was wildly stronger than he was and was beating the shit out of him but gone refused to give up and ultimately it came down to the guy was like if you don't give up right now i'm going to chop off your arms and your legs until you give up and gone's like well i would bleed to death so you would lose <laughs> And that's the same attitude that he's got here, where he's like, look, I know it's dangerous for me to face off against you using this ability, but I want it. It's part of my like pride, and it's going to happen because I have more determination than anyone. Yeah, and he is not going to he is not going to give him an inch inside of this fight unless it is absolutely necessary and exactly for a reason. The biggest way that we're going to see this is that Gon is going to in the in the course of the fight take a lot of damage on his arms and legs. He is going to take direct hits um, from his ability so that he can draw Ginther close enough in order to get him in like a good strike. Yeah, there's going to be a, a back and forth once or twice where Gon is essentially taking damage, but not he's he's mitigating the damage pretty effectively. And this is actually directly related to the training that we saw earlier, which is about um, essentially in the Hunter x Hunter universe, there's the Nen energy, which is the, the magical energy that allows characters to do their crazy cool anime powers. And a, a big aspect of it is that when you hit somebody with Nen... If they are defending with Nen, they'll be okay to a certain degree based on how much Nen there was. So you kind of want to match or exceed your opponent's Nen levels at the place where they're hitting you. So Genthru is like smacking him with this little flower and expelling his Nen into Gon. And Gon is defending with his own Nen and is matching it almost enough, but he's not strong enough to match it enough to not sustain any damage which would be possible if he could match the Nen levels that were being pushed into him. We also learn that um, the reason that Genthru isn't hurt by his own little flower attack is because he uses Nen to shield himself. And it's basically enough Nen to protect himself, and then while he expels some into his opponent. And Gon is actually able to exploit this at one point by focusing really hard on his defense and basically causing a Nen feedback that explodes back at Genthru's hands. Yeah, this show is this show is very very adept at, uh, at telling like complex powers in a in a really good way that convinces you that like yeah that's how that would work. Yeah, you know? <laughs> it, it is mostly I've I've mentioned hard and soft magic systems on this show again, and I will again point you to the YouTube channel Hello Future Me. That's all one word. He has a lot of videos, but some of them are titled On Writing. If you want to find his channel, look for his on writing videos or just type on writing magic systems, hard or soft, whatever, that kind of stuff. Um, you'll find it. And he talks about this in depth. But for the most part, Nen is a hard magic system. It has very exact, specific rules that are laid out for us. And Hunter x Hunter is very good at taking those rules and weaving them into the action without stunting the pace and it uses it to enhance the action and make it more exciting because you can tell what the characters are doing and you sort of get like basically their internal thought process of the fight without them having to say it to us. Yeah. Which is one of like uh, a really obnoxious thing that is sometimes done in anime and it will start to be that, done in this anime. Yeah. They, they, they talk a little ad nauseum sometimes in different uh, animes about, like, this is how my power works, and this is how cool it is, and don't you want to know? Like, I didn't. You can stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I usually like that stuff because I'm a sucker for a hard magic system because I like rules. Anybody who knows me knows that when I get access to a new game, whether or not I'm playing it, my first thing I want to do is sit and read the rulebook from cover to cover, and I will do that for fun. And yeah. so I really enjoy hard magic systems and I really appreciate Hunter x Hunter's weaving of this hard magic system into the universe in such a seamless way. So yeah. anyway, so Gon gonna, is going to take a gonna be, bad hit. 
Yeah, he's going to take a hit so bad that you are assuming if you've if you've seen any pictures of this fight um, randomly while you're looking around at um, at Hunter Hunter memes or Hunter X Hunter memes, um, How you will dare see. You. Uh, we just you will discussed see. <laughs> this. You will see. You will probably see this picture of Gon's face being a little beaten up, and then both of his arms. It looks like they're just fucking exploding. One of um, them is missing. This, yeah, so what has happened here is that Gon has taken an, uh, an intentional hit that is very badly damaged him, and the reasoning why is so that he can draw him in close enough to cover Genthru in gasoline. Yeah, he basically, so we talked a lot, even earlier, I remember this from yesterday, we talked about the cards in the game where they are in Greed Island. You can get these um, numbered slot cards, but then there's all kinds of other items in the game, and when you obtain them, they turn into cards. And then later on, you can gain them to permanently return them back to the non-card version of themselves. So Gon has clearly planned ahead for this battle, and he has a gasoline, like a vial of gasoline. And Genthru has gotten in close enough to explode Gon's hands off. And he does this after taunting Gon. He's like, here's the deal. I'm going to beat you and you're going to give me the cards I want because I'm going to attack you with both of my hands. I'm going to hit both of your arms. You are only strong and um, technically skilled enough to protect one of your arms. So you'll lose the other one. Then I'm going to attack your remaining arm in your left leg and so on and so on. And you'll be able to save one, but not both until you are like ruined and you're going to give up. And he attacks gone the first time to do this and gone surprises him by sacrificing both of his arms he doesn't defend against either attack um he partly defends against the one is it in a second but he basically takes the hits full force and that allows him to strike again through but the real point is to get close enough to summon this gasoline card and then um cover him in it and that's going to nullify his little flower because, as we stated earlier, the only reason he doesn't get hurt by his own attack, it's not an immunity. It's that he uses his Nen to protect himself. So he could catch himself on fire here and would die from it. Yeah. So he doesn't want to do that, not a great surprisingly choice. enough. Yeah. I don't know why. It's it's a really fun thing to light it yourself on so fire. It's so fun. Self-immolation is just a blast. <laughs> this is not true. Do not do this. <laughs> Yeah, so he traps, uh, he, he ends up being able to trap Ginthru inside of a pit. Uh, we didn't talk about it earlier, and that was kind of by design, but one of the other things that happened in the previous episode is that Killua and um, Biscuit were talking about a strategy um, to take down Ginthru, and they were talking about how, like, you, we don't think that Gon is going to be able to be strong enough to defeat him with his new technique that he's going to learn, so we need to come up with a backup yeah. plan. And the backup plan is to dig a big old pit and then get him to uh, trick him into that pit to to get him trapped and then cover him. With yeah, the so they've basically been fighting on a on top of a large pitfall for this for this pit. Um, that's where, you know, you've seen it in older cartoons and stuff where they like dig a hole in all, every single episode of Pokemon, they dig the hole, they put some leaves over the top of it. Then the character walks on the leaves, which don't support them and they fall through. So they were able to basically, it seems like they dug out a giant cavern underneath the earth, but left the earth intact enough that you can like stand on it. But now Gon's going to use his, um, his rock attack to punch the ground, which causes it to collapse and the two of them fall into this cavern. It's already so deep that Genthru can't climb out. However, then Gon summons another item from his cards, which is a giant fucking boulder that covers the top of the pit. So they are now trapped in here together. Mm-hmm. Then, then he yeah. is basically, Genthru is basically like fucked. He can't use his ability. He's trapped in a hole in the ground and Gon is still fighting mad, even though he's lost an arm and a half. And he has just enough arm left to use another rock attack that he uh, uses to incapacitate Genthru and has won the battle. So um, yeah. the uh, the last part of this episode and the next episode are pretty quick. So do you want to give us the episode title and then we can just blitz through it? Yeah, so the next episode is episode 75, Ging's Friends X and X True Friends. So the big <laughs> so thing that you need to know from the X's. end of this fight... 
I was like reading yeah, so, it to find so, out what you said. <laughs> yeah, so this this episode is going to be about two things. The first and foremost is that we are going to learn that none of that really mattered that he lost his arms, um, because they're going to be able to use this Angel's Breath card in order to heal Gon. Um, and they're going to be able to heal him completely. It's not going to be a big deal. Don't worry about it. Um, Ginthru has been taken down. They do collect all of the different cards, and they um, defeat yeah, they, the game, basically. By they've going got 99 out of 100 to, cards, and the last card is obtained, yes. essentially, by everybody getting to take a quiz at the end of... Like, once any player has obtained 99, the last one becomes available by having all players take a quiz. And then they... Whoever wins the quiz gets the card. And the quiz is on stuff like each card it it asks you some specific thing to remember about how you obtained it and so obviously the person who has all 99 has the highest advantage um and uh it ends up being gone he wins and gets that last card and then Mm -hmm. so the game is over now essentially he he goes to this new town and meets like a messy video game nerd guy who we find out he and his like assistant were part of the creators of greed Island. So sort of Mm -hmm. trivia that's not super important, but I'm going to say it anyway, is that greed Island we learn was created by 10 people total. And the words, the name greed Island is an anagram of the first letters of their name with a slight attempt at comedy asterisk to that. Uh, Jing is the G in Greed Island and, you know, is also Gon's father and what this has all been about. Um, Gon learns that they don't know where Jing is and that he's not in the game. Um, and then the, the winner of the game gets to take three cards from the game and take them into the real world. Um, so they have to decide what three cards they are. And he, Gon is the best kid, so he's going to split up the cards with um, Killua and Biscuit because he knows he couldn't have done it without them. Um, Biscuit is vain, and she wants a big-ass jewel. Um, so that's not a problem. But Killua is cool, and he wants to do something awesome. And Gon has an idea of maybe we can use the exact specifics of the rules of the game to break the rules. And that is exactly what they do. So the the rules say that they can take a number slot card with them. So there's a lot of other cards, like we said, that aren't in the number slots, and they're just kind of accessory cards. Um, and one of the number slot cards is basically like a fake card it allows you to make one card look like another so they take a non-number slot card and make it look like a number slot card using this card then they get the other card that they take with them is one that allows you to like dispel illusions and return things to their true form and so once they get out into the real world they do this and it turns out to have worked and they have brought with them not a number card item but a spell Specifically, it's the accompany spell that allows you to take yourself and anyone within 20 meters of you to a location that you specify. And uh, you can that location can be somebody that you have met as long as you've met them in Greed Island. Gon realizes that he has met Jing because of an unfortunate name that Jing uses for himself in the game. Do you remember this, Spencer? <laughs> No, he, I don't. So Jing's name's <laughs> G-I-N-G. The name in the game just switches the N and the first G. And that's the name he uses, and <laughs> it's fine in Japanese, but it doesn't hold up that well in America. <laughs> Not great. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> you could just say that out loud to yourselves, or maybe silently to yourselves, and figure it out. And So uh, they, they're like, this yeah. was Jing. He must have brought Gon here as a baby when he made this game, and that's why Gon met him. And so they use a company to go find Jing, and they arrive in a like misty, swampy kind of forest area and see somebody sitting nearby. And that is where the episode ends, and it is also where Greed Island ends. Yep. 
And uh, so we are going to end our coverage for today. Um, like we mentioned before, uh, check out uh, the other episode that we were a part of um, in the middle of this episode. It's kind of like a weird, fun thing to do um, since you are now a part of this. Um, but uh, if you want to stick around, we're going to talk about what's coming up on our next episode. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level six sound wizard. Level up. Our podcast is ad-free and we want to keep it that way. If you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash get jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every Sunday. On iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Buzzsprout, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And hey, thanks for listening. Next week on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Soul Eater episodes 9 through 11. Yeah, we're going to learn all about Masamune and Excalibur. Oh, Excalibur like from Merlin. No, 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 no. Excalibur from Soul Eater. No, you mean like from Seven Deadly Sins? No, I mean from Soul Eater. From the X-Men spinoff series Excalibur with Kitty Pryde? No, like from Soul Eater. We're going to be talking about Soul Eater. It is a sword that has a mouth and screams. When I say it out loud. Oh, Soul Eater. (laughs)